Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon. It is the 4th of November. This is the COB. I'm Nadine Blaney. I'm here with uh, David Scott. Scuddy, well, should I ask how you are? I mean, it's not really about you or me or anybody else, is it? It's about those electoral votes. And uh, Biden's path is narrowing as we speak with uh, even the AP calling it a victory for Trump in Florida right now. Uh, I'm unsurprised uh, to use one word. Uh, I thought this is uh, likely had that feel of 2016 uh, in the lead up to uh, this polling day. And uh, I'm not surprised at the outcome whatsoever. Uh, I suspected that we wouldn't know who the winner was when we're going home when I uh, wrote my, uh, my piece yesterday for the newsletter. And uh, so it's proven to be correct. So we'll find out what happens tomorrow. But uh, it could be a while till we actually know the final makeup of both who will be president and also the, uh, the Congress makeup. Yeah, and uh, Congress and Senate, really important. We will potentially have counting going on in some states, even Pennsylvania, until Friday. However, the question then becomes, does Donald Trump call it early? Uh, Joe Biden, we're expected to hear from him, you know, Wednesday evening, Australia time, which by the time you're listening to this podcast might have already happened. So we don't want to go too far down those roads, except to say that today was a wild day when it came to markets, really around the 12 noon, 1 p.m. mark. You know, we saw that wild swing coming through in NASDAQ futures in particular with Limit Up. The betting markets, for what they're worth, uh, you know, really turning in front to a Trump um, to a Trump victory, and yeah, markets were pretty wild there for a bit. Yes, it was. Uh, it was wild. I must say, it wasn't the same scale as what we saw in 2016. And I must say, thankfully, uh, 2016 was a once in a lifetime kind of experience. But uh, certainly, uh, that old thematic of uh, you know, growth is rare. Go and buy growth stocks. Uh, gridlocked, uh, you know, Congress uh, inability to go and get a big spending package through to go and support the economy. That really paves the way for those uh, those tech giants to go and benefit. We've seen it for so many years over the last decade. Uh, so I'm not surprised that that was the uh, the reversion. There might have been a bit of position squaring as well uh, as people unwound the uh, the various bets. We saw that in uh, the rates market in particular. At one stage there, you know, every single uh, duration in the U.S. Treasury curve was getting sold off really sharply, and then lo and behold, they're all back to I know stronger on the day. So uh, really big moves and big swings based on what's been going on on the other uh, the polls. Now the XJO did close relatively flat, but mildly in negative territory, and it's actually the outlier even as we record this podcast. We've got the Shanghai Composite now looking like it's about to turn positive. Uh, You know, the Australian market was up by 2.3% for the week as we moved into today's trade. So, yeah, an underperformance, relatively speaking, regionally speaking. Uh, We had a clear winner, though, in Nanasonics, came out with a 
bit of a business update today was very well received, up by 13%. On the flip side of things, though, we did see a lot of pressure coming through in terms of Pendle Group. Believe it or not, there was a bit of company news out today, and Pendle Group did as well uh, update the market. And uh, final dividend coming in at $0.22 per share on a cash profit of $146.8 million, which was down by 10%, revenue down by 9.3%, and the full-year profit for Pendle was down by 25%. Uh, If we had to look at a sector-by-sector basis, Scuddy, I mean, clearly it was the infotech space, the buy-now-pay-laters that outperformed. You've got to draw a line between that and the fangs, which I think one person I follow on Twitter said facetiously today, if you want to find a winner of the night, it was the fang stocks. 100%. And uh, growth is, uh, is, will be scarce. That's the other uh, belief. And so you're going, uh, you, when you pay up for it, uh, when growth is rare, you're going to pay up for it. And uh, we've seen it time and again. So I'm not surprised. Uh, I, it's a long bow to go and draw with the, uh, the buy now, pay later providers, I've got to say. Uh, a lot of it is tied upon the, uh, the strength of household spending, not only here in Australia, but uh, of course in the United States and other parts of the world where these operators work. So uh, moved by association, whether it proves to be correct, uh, we'll find out. And um, we've been talking so much about this uh, push into more value or cyclical areas of the market. If the election outcome was as had been predicted for a Biden presidency, however, let's just say that um, you know the, f- the thought on the election is that you know analysts and and even the parties themselves had predicted that this was going to be a close call. Predicted that this was going to perhaps not be resolved on the night and. It still could come to fruition that we have a contested election, that it gets dragged through the courts. Um, but I wonder I wonder what happens to that sort of narrative about the switch into value today. We saw it evidenced in the price action that there was a move away from that. But we saw the banks today, uh, you know, down by 2.5% for Westpac, 2% mm-hmm. for CBA. Look, uh, I've got to be careful about what I say. Um, I have a macro slant on things, and I think most people out there know that already. Uh, I think that still, uh, politics aside, uh, there's still a lot of cash sloshing around and I have still hold hopes that we'll find at least a very decent uh, you know, treatment for coronavirus, if not a vaccine. I think that's probably an, a, a less likely scenario. But at some point next year, I think there's going to be a snap top where we actually go and pivot. We have a turn where uh, people become confident. We feel more confident to go out. And I think that may be the time for uh, for value and cyclicals to really shine. Uh, it's a bit of a setback today, given what we're seeing at the moment out of the election. Uh, but it's not to say that trade is dead by any stretch. Uh, still very undervalued compared to those uh, very expensive growth names out there. I don't think you were a big fan of pollsters going into this, Scotty. I don't think anything changed today, did it? Uh, well, if there was a mechanism to go and short uh, an entity that wasn't polling, <laughs> I would be limit short. Uh, I think uh, it should have been obvious beforehand. I've read about it numerous times when it comes to being uh, wary of trying to go and read too much in the polls, but I think it's pretty clear that political polls uh, in a lot of the big democracies around the world uh, have just proven time and time again in recent years that uh, does not go and pick up the true mood of the electorate, uh, the likely outcome of elections. Uh, so I'm just starting to question whether it's actually they're relevant anymore. It creates uh, a lot of discussion, particularly in media, uh, about no, the polls say this, no, what do we think about the polls? But I think uh, we have to go and question whether there's any actual use for it because, again, uh, they have been proven to be wrong exceptionally uh, poorly. Um, one other area of the market I will mention because you brought up coronavirus. I mean, obviously our, our focus was elsewhere, but Gladys Berejiklian 
saying that she will be opening the border with Victoria from November the 23rd. She said, we've got to get on with things, move forward, I think was the quote on Twitter, uh, with life, really, even in face of coronavirus, which, of course, Australia continues to do very, very well. And that um, that helped boost the share price of travel-exposed stocks, I suppose, no big surprise, but Flight Center up by close to 6%. Flight Center really does need state travel to open back up. Um, Qantas getting a bit of a boost, Webjet as well. So some of that reopening trade uh, coming through today. Yes, uh, and congratulations to Gladys Berejiklian. Throughout this entire period, I think, and when it comes to handling the uh, coronavirus, has had the most steady hand when it comes to all the state premiers. Uh, I'm not surprised that that border's come down because, let's be frank, uh, Victoria has had uh, zero community cases for a long period of time now, I think about four or five days. Uh, in New South Wales, we're still having the occasion when I didn't get the chance to go and check the today's figures. But um, there's no reason whatsoever that the other uh, border should remain shut for any longer than is necessary. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I implore all the state premiers out there to go and take down the, uh, the internal borders and let's get back to being one country. And uh, that will help us with the recovery process. Certainly so. All right, back to the US election. We have to do it. Um, you know, this will date, but we had anticipated that this might come. And it's here. Donald Trump tweeting just a few minutes ago. We are up big but they are trying to capital steal the election. We will never let them do it. Votes cannot be cast after the polls are closed. So there you go. It's on. Yeah, those are those lawyers are lining up to go and uh, get a piece of the pie and a piece of the action. And uh, the contested election is uh, is definitely a risk. Uh, if it wasn't already beforehand. Uh, but it's the language as well. I yeah. mean, it's the language he's using. It's the stealing of the election. And under pressure, and if it was tight, we had anticipated that this might be the type of rhetoric that was used. And Dean, you ask me a lot of questions all the time. So I'm going to ask you one. Do you think there's going to be a contested outcome? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah? So we're talking weeks, months, how long it's going to be until uh, it's Yeah, I couldn't put a timeline no. on it. But uh, I just think that there's so much to lose when it comes to the social cohesion of the U.S. that I can't see uh, the Democrats backing down and rolling over, although we've yet to hear from Joe Biden today. He will be holding that press conference a little bit later on. Um, but... I also, likewise, can't see the Republicans even giving an inch. And the problem is, is that there's still so many uncounted, unaccounted for um, votes that it's just it, it just feels so um, laden and live and volatile. Maybe that's what my Scotty's view should have been about today, how Pennsylvania needs to get a better system when it comes to I know, counting votes. Well, uh, I think they all. I mean, I was saying to my husband this morning, I mean, even if they could do something very simple, yes, there's different time zones and everything else. But if we could just have one sort of consistent uh, rule book when it comes to voting, counting, the dates even that that can be accepted and tell, I mean, wouldn't that go a long way in, I guess, ensuring or restoring some faith in democracy and how it works? Some... uh Regimented rules where it's uh, no unilateral across all the states would be a wonderful process. Utopia. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm living in a dream world. I don't know, but, but still, you know, free, it, it freedom, could be a lot easier. Free, freedom's not easy, and including when it comes to I uh, know <laughs> voting for who will be the other leader of the free world. But hopefully, in time, we'll go and find out. But uh, even if there is oh, someone willing to go and declare victory, uh, the legal process you know, looms large. Let's let's hope it's not a repeat of 2000. Of course, we don't know what's going to happen. We might wake up tomorrow morning and it'll be resolved. But uh, it's not looking too promising based on that tweet no okay so uh let's push on push pay didn't mean to do that but that was the stock of the day 
Uh, Pushpay actually has a lot of exposure to the U.S., a lot of exposure, you've got to think, to some uh, Donald Trump supporters. It is a company that runs an app that allows congregations at churches to give online rather than passing out the cash. Looking for divine intervention for upside. <laughs> All right. Needed it today, I can tell you. The share price was off by 12.5%. Looking for acquisitions ahead of a stock split. Uh, you updated the market. Market was a bit surprised that there was no customer growth over the past six months. You would think there could have been um, some customer growth in that uh, in that time period. But listen, I'm not the expert. I did sit down, though, with two expert guests today, Andrew Page from strawman.com and Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. Here is what I think it's Andrew Page to start has to say. Now it is Scott Phillips. I'm getting the big no from Gotham, our ace producers. Let's hear what Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool had to say. Numbers they reported today look spectacularly good because they're all year-on-year numbers and they are, as you say, struggling to get growth on the last six-month period, but still growing strongly over the last year. Now, that said, the financials are phenomenally good. Cash flow is up strongly. Customer growth or revenue growth is up strongly. Really, really good set of results. The future is the open question. I'm a little bit skeptical. I also lost or had a director resign from the founding family who now apparently are now free to sell shares being off the board, not having to report that small, medium church growth strategy yet to bear fruit, at least based on the numbers we're seeing. I think management are outstanding. Um, and, and, and yeah, disclosure, this is my second largest holding, okay? It ranks number two on Strawman. It's delivered like an 80% return for us there. So there is, there is a certain endowment effect to all of that. That was then and this is now. And the other the thing you need to look at is as attractive as the business is and its potential longer term, you are looking at a business that is, is on 10 times sales. And we, we have this quite a lot actually in the current market where you've got these really wonderful businesses, but the price is so high. Yeah. But then at the same time, you sort of have to weigh that up against an in, a zero interest rate environment and a business that whose net profit doubled and its top line is growing at 50% per annum. So it makes for a very difficult situation. So for me, it's a, it's a hold. I'm very happy to hold this with a five to 10 year view. And that was Andrew Page from strawman.com finishing the thoughts there. So it is not going in the portfolio. You heard that Scott Lee, uh, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool is not a big fan. Uh, Big contrast, though, to Andrew Page. I think it's his second biggest holding in his portfolio. So that, my friend, is what makes a market. Take with the wins with the losses. Um, listen, we've got a couple, what am I saying? We've got a whole raft of really insightful interviews that you can access, not just via the show notes, um, but also on our website and our app. Yes, some of them will be slightly out of date because, of course, we were commentating essentially in real time as all of this light was coming to fruition about the market. But look, um, they do shed a lot of light about some of the bigger factors at play, the macro environment, you know, what what could potentially happen next in the various scenarios. Absolutely. It's a day for, uh, for macro geeks and I uh, know putting the pieces together. So in time, uh, as the dust settles and we have a better picture as what to look at, that will go and offer opportunities further down the, uh, the, the spectrum when it comes to individual stocks and the like. Ant Financial, we are aware of it. We, we've been talking about it lots. It's one that we'll pick up tomorrow. But we also have been keeping an eye on the escalating train tensions uh, by, between Australia and China as well. We spoke with the Australian ambassador to China from tw- 2007 to 2011. He's now an economist with Jeff Raby and Associates. Uh, so we spoke with him, Jeff Raby, about this um, escalation 
in the, um, you know, what, what we think will be increased uh, export bans or import bans, however you look at it, in, from Australian goods into China. And you can access that information and that interview via the show notes. I must say the, uh, the actions from China, uh, both on the ant financial front and the Australian uh, geopolitical front that we're seeing in, uh, in recent times, is a little bit troubling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the... I implore people to go and actually have a read about what's going on with that, uh, changing the rules on the day of an IPO listing. Uh, I know a lot of people in capital markets, uh, that's going to go and raise a few alarm bells about uh, no, China. Yeah, well, why would you want to put your money in China, exactly. in Chinese entities, if they can change the rule book, or throw it out, rip it up, or just create all of this uncertainty two days before the world's biggest float was expected. Yeah, and it's uncertainty, right? It's, Absolutely. Who wants that? Okay, so big night as well for economic data in the States. Don't forget we've got non farm payroll report on Friday. That means that we get Challenger and ADP jobs tonight. What else, Scotty? Get a non-manufacturing PMI, a massive one when it comes to a read for the service sector. I don't suspect it's going to be anywhere near as uh, rosy as the manufacturing reading we got a couple of days ago. Uh, trade balance as well uh, from the United States. And, of course, the Fed meeting begins. Yeah, so may- maybe Jay Powell is suiting up, ready to be Superman and uh, provide some more liquidity to those uh, no, desperate markets, you know, given the, uh, the, the only 2% rise at, at the moment from NASDAQ futures. I have a feeling there's so many memes on Twitter today about people you know, cracking open the bottles of wine, pouring the tequila down their throats. I got to think that Jay Powell was having a stiff one at some point in the U.S. evening. All right. We will kick it off with plenty of U.S. analysis. Uh, we've got Howard Silver blatt as well in the morning uh, later in the day we will also be speaking uh, with forger funds pm for the international funds harvey mcnaughty so that'll be an interesting one i think that's at about 340 345 but look it's 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 all going to be all roads will be leading back to the U.S. election and the U.S. economy in one way, shape, or form, I think. Yes, I think I'll keep one eye on the state of origin tonight and one night on the uh, the election outcome and see if there's any progress there. But uh, there's going to be another busy day tomorrow, I suspect. So all the investors out there, all the listeners, uh, go and make sure you rest up and uh, we'll do it all again. And in keeping with your view today that's in the COB newsletter, tweet of the day from Zero Hedge. Bad news for the November jobs report. We may have tens of thousands of unemployed pollsters in the next few days. I leave you with that thought, Scuddy. Maybe there's jobs for rubbish collectors for them. Good night. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.